0: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on FSN,
3: the sports betting network.
2: Welcome into Rush Hour folks, I'm Danny Burke your host. Thank you for being with us on this Thursday evening. You're on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we're going to be talking plenty of sports betting. We've got news throughout the NFL, which we'll expound on with Kyler Murray. If you haven't heard it already, he does agree to his extension with the Cardinals. More of the... uh Uh, The official wording on that in a second, but let me tell you what else we're going to be talking about on tonight's show. If you were listening yesterday, you know that we also dove into the futures market for Major League Baseball, right? We utilized fan graphs and their projections for the odds to make the playoffs and their projected wins for certain teams. And we did that in the National League, but now we're going to move forward to the American League. So we'll start off talking about that after we get you updated with the NFL situation After that, Josh Applebaum in 15 minutes, VEASAN's betting reporter, also will get into a little bit of baseball in the futures market. And he's got some CFL that he's going to be playing. The man does it all. 30 minutes from now, Thor Nystrom, he works with fantasy pros now, college football analyst. And we always love getting his insight for college football. We talked to him maybe a couple weeks ago getting into the Big Ten. we're going to move on to the Pac-12 tonight with Thor. So excited to get into that with him in 30 minutes. And then at the end of the show, we do have some baseball back in the mix. It's slim Pickens, but still one great game to look forward to tonight with the Dodgers and the Giants. And I got a best bet in that. So we'll get to Danny's Dimes in 45 minutes here on the show. But like I said the big news of the day and I'm sure you've heard it but in case you haven't Kyler Murray and the Cardinals finally agree on his extension it's going to be a 5 year extension worth 230 million dollars 230 and a half to be specific but it includes 160 million in, or $1 million dollars in guarantees so now you finally got that out of the way if you're the Cardinals it's kind of been you know that dark cloud over your head waiting for it to finally be finished and now it has been done so is the monkey off your back? Can he get forward with everything? Or is that kind of cause a rift throughout the organization that he really conducted this, that it took this long? I mean, is this something that aggravates some of his teammates, some of the coaches? I don't really know how that goes throughout a locker room, but it's something that you kind of got to be at least curious about and see if that has any impact. I'm sure a lot of the guys and his teammates, at that point, just respect him trying to get the bag because you got to preserve yourself, right? You got to do what's best for yourself and your family, and for Kyler Murray, that's guaranteeing himself a little bit of green. And hey, can't blame him. He's a mobile quarterback, and he has dealt with some injuries, so he wants to get that extra security, and he sure has it now. But the odds haven't shifted despite the news of Kyler Murray. At Bet Rivers, we still see the Cardinals at 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. They still are 16 to one to win the NFC. Third shortest odds throughout the NFC West at plus 375 to win the division. The Rams and then the 49ers are ahead of them. Their win total, 8.5. The Juice is on the over minus 1 and a quarter. The under is plus 103. To make the playoffs for the Cardinals, the yes is actually at a plus price, plus 115. To miss the playoffs for Arizona, minus 139. Look, does this change anything? I Probably not. You figured it was going to get done. My biggest question still is, what the heck can Cliff Kingsbury do differently? Terrible in-game adjuster and really just a terrible second-half coach. And then what impact of missing DeAndre Hopkins, is that going to have for this team? Yes, you brought on Marquise Hollywood-Brown, and you have a guy like Rondale Moore and some other solid receivers, but still, missing DeHop is definitely impactful in the wrong way. So we'll see how all of that kind of correlates the first six games. We'll see if this defense takes a step forward, but we already went over the Cardinals, and Man, yeah, I would not be shocked if it was a down year for this team. But they still do have the talent, and I still like Kyler Murray a lot. So we'll see what they can adjust going into this upcoming season. But that was the biggest news of the day throughout the National Football League. Not much has changed in terms of their odds. Speaking of odds, folks, let's get back into it like we were yesterday, talking some baseball and specific teams' odds to make the postseason. I really thought this was a fascinating conversation to have at the All-Star break. And in the National League, we had some interesting teams, and really the most interesting was the Cardinals. And we said, hey, look to take their division price, which is now up to plus 160. But throughout the American League, you got a plethora of teams who could fit the bill for a pretty solid bet right now. Now, I won't spend a lot of time on the American League Central because we did on Tuesday, but long story short, uh, the Sox at Fangraphs have a 55% chance to make the postseason, a 43% chance to win the division. They have the easiest remaining strength of schedule, according to Fangraphs, at 470, their opponent's winning percentage. Uh, The Twins who are three games ahead of them, have a 47% chance to make the playoffs and a 36% chance to win the division. They're plus 105 to miss the playoffs at BetRivers. Rivers. So again, you know, a summation of what I was talking about is you can bet the White Sox to make the postseason. The number's now been moved to like minus 148 at Bet Rivers. But instead of doing that... Just bet the White Sox to win the division if you think they do make the playoffs and you want to get invested in the White Sox somehow. You're getting plus money, which now is completely shifted to them as the favorite, but you're getting plus 115 because if they're going to make the postseason, it will be via winning the AL Central, not the wild card that is stacked with so many teams. So, again, that was just a brief hit on that because we talked about it more on Tuesday, but that's how those numbers are stacking up at fan graphs. They are pretty high on the White Sox, and rightfully so. Could be set up nicely. A lot of other teams draw some intrigue as well, and specifically throughout the AL East. You got the Blue Jays right now, who are sitting at 50 and 43. They're 13 games back from the Yankees in the division. They're currently in the third wild card spot. They're two games ahead of Boston, but one behind the Mariners. Their strength, the schedule is at 488. They do have the easiest remaining schedule in the AL East. They're projected 89 and wins, 72 and a half losses. FanGraphs has them at its as an uh, 88% chance to make the postseason, just 1% chance to win the division, 6% chance to win the World Series. The odds to make the playoffs, yes, overwhelming favorite minus 530. The no is plus 375. Look, uh, yeah, they're probably going to find a way in through the wild card. The fact that they fired their manager while they still were in a playoff spot tells you all you need to know about the expectations and how much better they can get in the latter half of this season. So there's nothing really to bet there because I don't want to lay minus 530 and I don't want to fade them because I do think they find themselves in the postseason. But that's how the numbers are looking up for the Blue Jays. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? The Rays right now are 51 and 41. They're 13 games back from the Yankees. They have the top wild card spot they're about plus one and a half games up, but their strength of schedules at five eleven They actually have the second toughest schedule throughout the al east Only the Baltimore Orioles have a more difficult schedule at five sixteen their projected wins eighty six point six projected losses seventy five point four Van Graf's has him at a 70% chance to make the postseason, with just a 0.3% chance to win the division and 2.1% chance to win the World Series. Now at Bet Rivers, for them to make the postseason, the yes, once again, a big favorite, minus 265. The no, potentially some value at two to one. Some other shops have it as high as plus 210. Or plus 215. Pardon me. But I'm going to be honest, that plus 215 to the no is tempting. And it's not that I'm going against the Tampa Bay Rays here and think they won't make it, but strictly based on value, how close this race is and their difficulty in schedule and really how tough their division is, wouldn't that maybe be worth the flyer? Wouldn't that maybe be worth the shot? Is their dominant pitching going to be sustainable? Can McClanahan keep it up? Can the other pitchers keep dominating like Kluber and company? And can they get enough constant offense throughout this tougher schedule? I don't know. I'm Again, I'm not saying I'm screaming that they're going to miss it, but the odds, I think, aren't priced as appropriately. I don't think you should be giving me this much value on the no at plus 215. It could at least be worth half a unit or so. So maybe we go back to the raise and bet the no. But that would mean a team like the Red Sox would have to sneak in, probably. Right now, their strength of schedule is 503, so they have an easier schedule than the Rays, but still more difficult than the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Their projected wins 84, projected losses 78. They got a 39.6% chance to make the postseason, 1.3% chance to win the World Series, and 0.1% chance to win the division. Bet Rivers has their odds minus 113 each way. Uh, to make the playoffs. And again, that's probably going to be, can they sneak in the wild card? Now, look, we talk about pitching. The Red Sox are certainly going to need it in the second half. Can Chris Sale come about and be a reliable guy? What will his sec, uh, second half be? Can Rich Hill stay healthy and actually be productive? Same with Michael Waka. The hitting should come. That's the only thing that's keeping them alive right now. But they got to do a better job against hitting right-handed pitchers. alright That's the big thing for the Red Sox. But I don't think it would shock anybody if the Red Sox got on a hot streak and found themselves in a wild-card spot and maybe bumped a team like the Rays. Or how about in a different division, with the Seattle Mariners, baseball's hottest team, 51 and 42, nine games back from Houston. Second in the wild card spot, they're just one game ahead of the Blue Jays. Their strength the schedule is 492, all right? That's going to be easier than the Rays, and that's easier than the Red Sox as of this point. So Houston and the Angels do have an easier schedule on paper, but we know the Angels stink and Houston's gonna capture the division. But the Mariners are projected 86 and a half wins and 75 and a half losses. Fan gives them a 68% chance to make the postseason. Their odds to make the playoffs at Bet Rivers, the yes is minus 195, the no is plus 147. Now, overall, offensively, they have really picked it up and they're sound all throughout with their splits against righties, against lefties, at home and on the road. What can Robbie Ray become in this second half? Can he live up to the expectation after his great season last year, can he be relied upon for the Mariners in the second half. They get the benefit of a weak division, so they probably squeak in. I'm not too concerned about the Mariners. But again, this keeps coming back to which team is gonna find their way out. I don't know, if I'm putting my top three for the wild card, I think I would put it Blue Jays, Mariners, and Red Sox. And it's not necessarily that I think Boston is a better team than Tampa Bay. But look, it's hard to want to lay that big of a price with the Rays on a team that's only a game and a half up on the wild card, who has a harder schedule than some of these teams. And you're giving me a very appetizing price on the no, upwards to plus 215. I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. But man, I mean, just again, because what that number could be by the end of the year and what the future looks like it's going to hold, I'm not saying the Rays are locked. Maybe we could flirt with that plus price. We'll have to revisit that a little bit later, or rather probably early next week, see how they start out post-All-Star break. And we'll talk more post-All-Star break next segment. Josh Applebaum, pardon me, talking more MLB futures. You won't want to miss it.
0: This is Rush Hour on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion that is centered around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these CityCasts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and don't forget Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you will be set up with multiple episodes a week along with great local sports betting content. Okay, we are back here in the mix. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in the Windy City, but we kick it out to the East Coast where VEASAN's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum, hitting us up. And make sure you can hit him up on Twitter at Josh underscore Insights where he gives you valuable info all around for pretty much uh, all the sports that are available to bet because we're going to go a little bit all over the place tonight, Josh. But, again, thank you for being with us, my man. Uh, I was beginning the show Not only, you know, talking about the Kyler Murray news, but we were kind of getting back into the mix with some MLB futures. And I was looking at these odds to make the playoffs and we've spent a lot of time looking at these awards. And it seems like you have drawn some interest in some of these top awards as well as we're peeking into the second half of the year.
4: I really have, Danny. It's great to be with you. Happy Thursday. By the way, did that Bears over six and a half get steamed, Danny? Because you guys just got the best receiver in football, Nikhil Harry from my New England Patriots. So uh, maybe that's going to cause some movement toward the Bears. Just kidding. But anyway, Danny, I think today, you know, it's kind of a quiet day. Yesterday was the slowest sports betting day of the year. I think still right now, you know, before we get fully back into MLB, tomorrow we have a full slate. and Then it's pretty much, you know, off to the races there. I think it's a good time to catch your breath, look at these awards right now because, you know, a lot of these numbers have moved but they could move even further and we have a lot of data to go off of. We can kind of extrapolate maybe our views on these players. If these numbers will get better or worse. So for example, the MVP in the American league, Danny all year or pretty much, you know, up until the last, I would say three weeks ago, it looked like it was going to be Aaron judge in a contract year. Guys putting up incredible numbers. Yankees are the best team in baseball, but what have we seen? Shohei Otani, a ton of steam toward Otani Danny. He's now minus one Oh five. If you go back, uh, I think opening the year, at one point he's like plus 300, plus 400. So a lot of movement toward Otani. What I love about Otani is I think, number one, we're obviously seeing something we've never seen before. It's been 100 years since Babe Ruth. But from the plate, 258, 19 homers, 56 RBIs. But it's been his pitching that's been really impressive to me, Danny. 9-4, 2.38 ERA. Otani's getting 17% of bets at BetMGM to win the AL MVP, but 30% of the money. So, on the one hand, it's this sort of thing where, hey, I missed the big plus money on Otani, but at minus 105, if I said to you, Danny, in the middle of the year, you can get Otani at pretty much a pick 'em number, to me, that's a worthwhile bet. So, I think the play is Otani to win uh, the MVP. In terms of the Cy Young, Danny, it's a little more of an of a up-and-down kind of thing. If you look in the AL, right now, it's uh, kind of a two-man race between Shane McClanahan and Justin Verlander. McClanahan's the leader right now, plus 210, 10-3, 1.71 ERA. But I think the play is Verlander. The reason why? Keep an eye out, and Josh Towers has mentioned this on the VEASAN airwaves, McClanahan could get limited. When you're looking at some of these pitchers uh, and kind of thinking about what they're going to do in the second half, McClanahan's a young pitcher who's about to hit his innings limit for his career. So if they pull him back, uh, and then you see Verlander continue to pitch great, the guy's a veteran, he seems to get better as the year goes on. Verlander plus 250, again, on the third-best team in baseball. That's my play for the side. And then I will just say rookie of the year. This has garnered a lot of conversation, Danny, because to me it kind of goes to your philosophical approach to betting and what numbers you're comfortable with. Because Julio Rodriguez, who we saw pop in the all-star game, was fantastic there in the home run derby. He's a big favorite, minus 400. About a week ago, two weeks ago, he was around like minus 175. So it was a big move toward Rodriguez. Leads all AL rookies in home runs, RBI, stolen bases. Biggest bet for first t- dollar discrepancy, 19% bets, almost 30% money. The play to me is Rodriguez, but I think if you talk to a lot of betters, they'll tell you, Danny, minus 400, the line is too high, don't bet it, too much liability, missed a good number. I think there's a case to be made for that for sure, but what if that minus 400, give it a month and it's minus 1,000? I still think at minus 400, even though, of course, you're not getting the best of it,
2: I'd still hit Julio Rodriguez right now. I think that number only climbs the deeper we get into the year. Yeah, I got to concur with you. I mean, I think he's pretty much got it wrapped up, barring an injury. I mean, obviously, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But it doesn't really seem like there's a close competitor out in the American League. The National League Rookie of the Year is kind of a wild race, so it's hard to pick and choose from at any given situation. But, man, it's been fun to track. Uh, Josh, you know, like you said yesterday – terribly slow betting day we we got through it as best as we could but tonight at least we got some baseball action not a lot but at least some to look forward to and it looks like you and i are keying in on the same game and it's a very exciting one, it seems with the dodgers and the giants anytime you get these two teams squaring off it's sure to be a fun one and we do see la the favorite at home minus 125 san fran plus 108 on the buyback total now has dipped down to seven and a half. Uh, It looks like there's some love coming for the Giants tonight. And honestly, Josh, I don't blame people looking in that side. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I'm going to go,
4: Danny. You're totally right. Big line move here toward the San Francisco Giants. So you take a step back. You know, the Dodgers are cruising right now. Second uh, best record in baseball. They're up like 12 and a half games uh, in their division. San Fran, they're not the team that we saw from last year, but they're only a half game out of the NL wild card. So there's motivation definitely on the side of the Giants to kind of get some momentum going in the second half. And to me, it's all about this line move, Danny. LA Dodgers opened as high as minus 155. This is important, not just looking at the current number, but did it go up? Did it go down? The fact that you're getting at BetMGM and some of our our DraftKings bet splits, beason.com slash splits, about 65% of bets on the Dodgers tonight, just saying, hey, Dodgers are great. They're at home. They're only laying a minus 125. Take that all day. But the fact that they're getting, you know, more than two thirds of bets, yet they open minus 155. You would think getting that big support, they'd become more of a favorite. That's not what happened. The line is actually tanked a ton in favor of the Giants. So I love this move toward the G-men here, Danny. I think the advantage is on the bump with the San Francisco Giants. They have Carlos Rodon pitching tonight. Rodon's been great. He's eight and five, 2.66 ERA. Uh, you look at uh, Mitch White, who's pitching for the Dodgers, 1 and 2 with a 4.20 ERA. This would also match kind of that contrarian road division dog with the reverse line move. Public's all over the Dodgers, yet the sign continues to fall, fall, fall. This is kind of the early thing that I learned in betting, Danny. If everyone's betting the Dodgers and the odds makers are giving you a better number every time you look, every five minutes, you know, you think, okay, I'll double down, triple down. Who knows? Dodgers could win this game, but tells me, based on this market move, that a lot of respected money is on San Fran. And you also hit the nail on the head with a total, Danny. I was leaning under quite a bit. I just missed that hook on the 8.5, but it did open 8.5. It's down to 8. It's really juiced up under. 57% of bets, but 80% of money is on this under tonight, Danny. So I'll lean hard under, but I'm going to take the plus money with San Fran here as a road divisional dog with a nice reverse line move.
2: I like it. All righty, Josh, before we get you out of here, buddy, I know you got some action in football tonight and the Canadian Football League, that is, uh, tonight, 9 p.m. Central Time. You got the Hamilton Tiger Cats catching 11 against the B.C. Lions. Lions, the home team, laying it. Total here is 53. Have you gotten involved in a lot of CFL or is this kind of been a, uh, a new thing as of late?
4: So I used to really love betting on it, Danny, you know, back in the days of, you know, all all you could do would be, you know, MLB, WNBA, CFL, you know, as a kind of year round better, that's kind of the only thing you're looking at right now. I'm dabbling more into it now. And I think the important thing with CFL to remember is that it's like the WNBA. It's kind of a niche market. You can throw away contrarian percentages. There's not enough public to bet against, but these line moves are really meaningful. Like today, for example, in WNBA, you saw the sparks open minus one, get up to minus two, minus two and a half they're able to cash that bet. So to me, when you see line moves in markets that really don't get a lot of public betting, that tells me that those line moves are really driven by respected money. People who know the CFL uh, have maybe modeled it, have their own power ratings. So the play tonight for me, Danny, Tiger, Cats, and Lions, I'll take the over in this one. It opened at 51, got bet up to 52. I took the over 52. I'm looking now, it's up to 52 and a half or even 53. So, you know, no one, and we always I always make this joke with you, Danny, no one woke up today on July 21st and said, you know what? I got to bet the Tiger Cats and the Lions tonight. You're not, you're really not feeling that or hearing that. However, you're seeing a lot of money to the over. What I like about this one, Danny, look at BC, uh, the Lions. They're a big favorite here, like a 10 point favorite, but they're averaging 40 points a game. They're the number one offense in the entire CFL, almost 475 yards a game on offense. Uh, and then also, just in terms of totals in the CFL, then a lot of overs here, Danny. They're 14 and 9 overall. When the total is 50 or more, the over is 3 and 1. And BC is 3-1 and one to the over, Hamilton 3-2 and two to the over. So, again, a niche market when you see a move that doesn't let up and continues to move in that direction, tells me that even though maybe you missed that 51 or early 52, still maybe some value there on taking the over. Danny, at 10 o'clock tonight, I'm a big over fan in the Tiger-Cats
2: <laughs> and uh, the Lions game tonight. Gotta love it. Sweating out the points in the Canadian Football League in the middle of July. What else could you ask for? Josh, thank you, man. Really appreciate the inside per usual. Best of luck with all your action, and thank you for making some time. Absolutely, Danny. Good luck. You bet. Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him on Twitter. And remember to catch him hosting the Visa Market Insights podcast. He gives you updates on all those sharp movements every single day. And, folks, not only can he get his podcast, you can get the entire 24-7 live stream of all of Eason's Best Bets podcast. And we give you all the daily sports betting highlights, like we said, from all of Eason experts throughout every single day, tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, and the losses. And don't forget, even those bad beats will get you covered from all the sports books, not only in Las Vegas, but across the entire country. So go ahead and download the V's and Best Bets podcast at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts available. So big shout out for Josh to make some time tonight. I know it's the slower months, but he's always finding something to bet for us. And we'll get you more to bet. How about in college football, previewing the Pac-12 Thor Nystrom, college football betting expert, will give us his top place throughout that conference and just an overall preview. Next, it is Rush Hour here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Rush Hour on
3: VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The V-CIN, v SUMMER SPECIAL IS HERE, AND FOR ONLY $19, YOU GET EVERYTHING VEASAN HAS TO OFFER FROM RIGHT NOW TO THE END OF JULY. IF YOU SIGN UP TODAY, YOU'LL GET VEASAN'S DAILY BEST BETS, WHICH INCLUDES ADAM BURKE'S TOP PLAYS THROUGHOUT MAJOR LEAGUE BASEBALL, AS WELL AS NFL preseason COVERAGE, PREMIUM ARTICLES ON GOLF, UFC, AND DON'T FORGET ABOUT NASCAR. SO IF YOU WANT THE FULL VEASAN EXPERIENCE, WHICH ALSO FEATURES THE DAILY BEST BETS EMAIL, ALONG WITH EVERY EDITION OF POINT SPREAD WEEKLY, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it the cost is only 19 dollars, and you can be a subscriber through july 31st check it out now at vsin.com slash summer that's com slash summer all righty welcome back to rush hour here on vsin the sports betting network i'm danny burke your host appreciate you making some time sticking with us tonight We've got plenty to discuss in terms of football, and specifically in college football. And Thor Nystrom joining us right now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Thorku. Catch his work over at Fantasy Pros, where he gets you covered on everything college football. And look, we were talking with Thor a couple weeks ago about the Big Ten, and really just had a great preview all throughout. So we wanted to move along and go into another conference, and one that could have a tad bit more parity and that being the Pac-12. So, Thor, excited to get into uh, into it with you, my man. Uh, look, you got USC as your short shot, 2-1, to one, Utah plus 240, and Oregon plus 250, and then, of course, the list goes on and on, and we'll get into the specifics, but I guess when you first glanced at these odds, is there anything that kind of surprised you, whether it was, wow, that team's overrated, or wow, you're getting some good value with X team. For me, there's only two bets that you can make on that. It, it's either Utah,
3: you know, I, I think Utah is the best team in that in, in that conference. Or if, if you want to go a little bit longer shot, it, it's got to be USC. The question for USC is can that defense coalesce quickly? They, they brought in a bunch of transfers to plug holes in their starting lineup. But depending on how good that, that defense is, that's going to determine their ceiling. Obviously, their offense is going to be awesome right away. They one.
2: Yeah, I I mean, with USC, certainly, like you said, the offense is going to have all the eyes on that side of the ball. You bring Lincoln Riley there. You got Williams as your quarterback. And, of course, just a lot of hype and momentum. But, you know, do you think there may be a slight learning curve for USC? Maybe it takes a year of transition and then next year, right? Not this year, but the next. And it's like, all right, we can start talking about them being legit contenders. Is that something that better should maybe tread lightly with? Because, of course, everybody's going to want to rush to bet them right away, seems. D- defensively
3: for sure. You know, I, I do think their offense is going to start and immediately be one of the best in the nation. It's almost, it would be hard for it not to be. You have a, a Heisman contending quarterback in, in Caleb Williams, Travis Dyer running backs is stud. They, they had another transfer uh, from their conference. Uh, Austin Jones is their backup running back. And then, you know, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, they brought in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The offense is going to be top 10 in the nation. It's just how, you know, you talk about the transition that that's going to be more precarious on that defensive side of the ball because they didn't get the same level of of star power that they did on offense. Um, So you're, you're trying to have a bunch of worker bees and sort of coalesce it into an above average unit. That's where I think it's going to take more time.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you know, there's a reason, too, why you could see them as a short shot. Aside from that talent, their schedule doesn't seem too difficult, Thor. I mean, you're going on the road against Utah, which, of course, it's going to be a tough one. And, you know, you get Notre Dame to come out to you, but is there any other game that you're looking at their schedule and going, this may be the one that could get them a couple losses, aside from if we're counting maybe Utah as one?
3: Yeah, so I have USC favored in nine of their 12 games. The the three them as underdogs in a 10 point projected dog by my numbers when they they head to Utah, um, basically a coin flip game against UCLA. I have UCLA favored by one, but that one could go either way. And then that last game against Notre Dame that you mentioned, my numbers have Notre Dame favored by four points in that game. But to your point, the the one thing that Lincoln Riley really has going for him in year one. Not just is the offense going to be awesome because of the transfers he brought in, but he gets to play what is a relatively easy schedule for a power five team.
2: Yeah and then you look at Utah and well they start out with a really tough game of course on the road against the Gators and you know you're looking a little bit further they're on the road against UCLA we just mentioned they get USC at home Uh, they're going on the road against Oregon their win total is eight and a half with the juice to the over I know you talked about them having some value to win the conference potentially at about plus 240 what would you do with that win total at eight in the hook?
3: I love the over there. I, I love it. I My numbers have Utah projected for 10.3 wins. Wow. For me, they are the clear class of the conference. You know, again, unless uh, Lincoln Riley can catch lightning in a bottle with his defense, but my numbers have Utah significantly better than than USC heading into the season. It's it's just you have all the offensive guys coming back. Cameron Risen coming back. Thomas, the running back, who had a billion touchdowns last year. He's a workhorse. He's going to play in the NFL, too. He's coming back. You're going to have that road grading offense again. They're going to be able to do stuff through the air, too. And then the defense is always nasty. And this is going to be one of the better ones that they've had this last decade. So I I think Utah is a legitimate playoff contender. And and if I didn't say, my my projected wins for them are 10.3. So significantly above that 8.5 number
2: yeah I like that man I may have to hop in on that seeing how high you are on them and we've talked to other people too and they've had the same sentiment I mean when you got a coach like Whittingham that just instills this dominance and this toughness year after year it seems and maybe some weaker opponents it seems like it could set up nicely for a Utah squad and again 8.5 you are paying a price to the over minus 148 you could do that you could do the 9 and minus 105 to the over but Thor's thinking you should be safe either way with the expectations out of Utah and then the team that comes next then or like we mentioned how about Oregon I mean they're plus 250 their win total also is at eight and a half minus 127 to the over uh, from what I've seen or heard I guess and I haven't gone too deep of course but you know they'll be a tough team but maybe not as dominant as we've been accustomed to in years past what do you think happens with the Ducks
3: yeah, I, I think, you know, you're going through a coaching transition. You have the new quarterback. I'm not terribly high on Bo Nix. We'll see if they end up, you know, starting the, the hype guy that they had in there before, Ty Thompson, the former five-star. But it's probably going to be Nix because you imported him from the SEC along with your head coach. But, yeah, I mean, they, they lost Thibodeau, obviously. They lost a couple other guys, too. But you're losing a singular defensive talent. There, there's You know, they got to start out at Georgia. Right? Maybe that game's in Atlanta, but, you know, more or less a real game. That one's going to be a tough one, probably not going to win that one. The rest of the schedule, though, is is very manageable. I only have Oregon as an underdog in one of the 11 games after that, and that's by only a point and a half. That, that's the home game against Utah. But a- after that, again, every other game they, they're favored.
2: My adjusted uh, win total on them is 9.2. Wow. Okay. High on the Ducks as well. And then we start getting into the double-digit odds. You know, UCLA, Washington, 10-1. to 1. The list gets deeper and deeper. When you're looking at some of these teams, was there a team that stood out to you where you correlated their win total versus where you had it and was like, wow, that's a big discrepancy? Or at least maybe a team where you're like, yeah, they may not win a lot of games, but they may end up covering a lot of games as a sizable underdog. Just, you know, maybe they're catching double digits, and they'll be close in a lot of games.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that my win total number has has is correlated to my my bullishness on this team going forward. But this is more a team that during the season I'm going to be looking to bet on them against the spread because I, I think the Vegas's perception, the public perception, is going to be behind where they are. Is Arizona? I, I think Arizona is going to be quite a bit better this year. You're heading into year two with Judd Fish. They have a major uh, quarterback upgrade. They got they got Jaden Delora, who is Washington State starter. He added, Fish added a bunch of transfers even beyond that. So they've really fortified the roster. They recruited really well last year. So I, I think that's one of the, those teams that they're still going to lose a lot of games, but they're going to be a lot more competitive than I think people think, and that should manifest in some some September profits. Um, you know, going kind of the other way with a, a team that that's pretty high. I don't know what UCLA's uh, win total is in Vegas, but I have them at eight point seven wins. So, so my numbers are pretty bullish on them as another team is going to finish near the top of the, the Pac twelve.
2: Yeah, we're seeing UCLA at about a flat eight, a little bit of juice to the over minus one twenty one. So it looks like you're in the right direction with the Bruins. Uh, I like your thoughts on Arizona. They're two hundred fifty to one to win the conference, but like you said, I mean, you're just thinking they could be more competitive with a new look at the quarterback position. And then, Thor, before we get you out of here, my man, I got to ask you about Arizona State. I feel like Herm Edwards always kind of surprises some people with this team. Their win total is at six, a little bit of juice to the over. What are we expecting out of the Sun Devils?
4: Yeah,
3: so I I would be pretty confident in the over on that one. I I understand why it's lower because, you know, there's this sort of doomsday feel around that program between the, the NCAA infraction investigation between the mass exodus they had. The coaches have left, but also a ton, a ton of different transfers. But they also brought in a bunch of transfers, right? Like Emery Jones, the quarterback, got him from Florida, got Xavier Valade from Wyoming. He's he's going to you know, form you – know, he might be the bell cow. If not, he's going to form a platoon with Nada. But I have them at seven and a half wins. I, I think they have enough back on defense – and on offense, they, they have players in place that can at least run the system that they're, they were accustomed to running with Jaden uh, Daniels. So I got them at seven and a half
2: wins. I would be going over the six. Okay, I like it. Hey, Thor, we're up against it, my man. We'll have to get you back on to preview the other conferences. But really appreciate the time and all your knowledge. And uh, best luck with all your plays. And, again, look forward to chatting again soon. Hey, appreciate you, Danny. Have a good one. You got it. You as well. Thor Nystrom, folks, at Thorku where you can follow him on Twitter. Fantasy Pros, college football analyst, amazing content for all things college football. Coming next, final segment, we've got Danny's Dimes. Stick with us.
0: This is Rush Hour on
3: v Send, the sports betting network.
2: This weekend, root, root, root for your favorite Philadelphia and Chicago players with the BetRivers Rivers Online Sportsbook. During this weekend's Phillies Cup Series, bet on any player to hit a home run and get the stake back if the player records a hit. Plus, every Saturday bet, $25 on a baseball game parlay, a same-game parlay at that, to get a free $10 BetRivers Rivers play. Visit BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers Rivers Online Sportsbook app for all the latest baseball odds, promotions and boosts hit a home run with bet rivers this weekend it's a whole new game well, speaking of a little baseball action, time to get into that here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five, or you can follow along on Twitter. It's been a minute since we've done this type of segment, but we might as well jump back into it. Looking forward to the second half of the baseball season. My top play tonight with the slim pickings of a baseball slate. We still got a best bet, so let's jump into it with Danny's Dimes, where we go over my top plays for the night and beyond, if we have any. Uh, we have plenty, but none that. We have actually discussed tonight from a week's back, but we'll recap those as we get closer to the NFL season. But, folks, we are looking into tonight with baseball. Giants and Dodgers. We talked about this spot with our guy Josh Applebaum, and I got some interest in it as well. 9 p.m. Central time is when first pitch is scheduled for, and we do see the Dodgers as a minus-129 favorite at the BetRivers River Sportsbook. The Giants on the other side is the underdog, catching plus-110 run line for the Giants. If you want to take the run and the hook, you're laying minus 195. If you think the Dodgers can win this game by two or more, plus 155 is the price you are receiving. Again, the total open eight and a half like we were talking about with Josh. Now it's down to seven and a half at bet Rivers. The over has some slight juice, minus 117. The under you are seeing at minus 103. So by the way, that money line opened up with the Dodgers. Like, Almost minus 160 in some spots, so a lot of movement going towards San Francisco. Well, how did these teams do coming into the All-Star break? Well, the Dodgers won four in a row heading into the break. Big shocker, the Dodgers were on a hot streak. The Giants actually did really well, too. They won three in a row against the Brewers, so they had some nice momentum as well heading into the hiatus. The reason that the Giants are getting a spark in terms of the betting landscape because they got their A's, Carlos Rodon, taking the bump. And Rodon, coming from the White Sox, has not skipped a beat, right? The southpaw has been tremendous. He's 8-5 with a 2.66 ERA. He's got a whip of 1.11. He's just got a 4% home run-to-fly ball ratio. Remember, 10% is league average, so he is way in the right spot in terms of his home run-to-fly ball ratio at just 4%. He's getting about 11.2 strikeouts per nine innings compared to just three walks per nine innings. He's got a FIP of 2.14, the true indication of what his ERA should be. So 266 ERA compared to the 214 FIP, he's looking great. And he's got a really strong Sierra, a skill interactive ERA of 3.14. Now he does have a sample size this year against the Dodgers. One at Dodger Stadium and one at Oracle Park. But at Dodger Stadium, he went six innings pitched, allowed three hits and two earned runs. They did lose that game 3-1, to one, but Rodon did his job. The Giants offense did not. Against the Dodgers at home, they got a little bit of revenge. The Giants won 2-0. Once again, Rodon went six innings, allowed just two hits and no earned runs. Great performance out of Rodon. Now, on the road, his numbers get a little bit worse, but that's relatively speaking. He's been great pretty much everywhere. But on the road, he's got a 310 on his ERA, a 245 weighted on base average, and a 224 FIPS. So still very trustworthy numbers. If you look at the side of Los Angeles, not only is it because of Rodon pitching that the Giants are getting some love, but maybe it's because of the lack of trust in the Dodgers pitcher, Mitch White. The righty is 1 and 2 with a 4.20 ERA he's got a 129 whip a 424 fifth not the best and same with his Sierra it's above four at 411 and he does have a high home run to fly ball ratio at 12 percent but his numbers get pretty solid at home when he pitches at Dodger Stadium there he boasts a 3.60 era a 300 flat wobo which is the average and a 351 fifth so he's pitching a lot better at home and those numbers very serviceable but what concerns you a little bit with Mitch White is that his last outing was terrible. At St. Louis, he went five innings, allowed ten hits, and six earned runs. They lost that game. The Dodgers did seven to six to the Cardinals. And furthermore, the Giants are a team that's hitting pretty well against righties: seven hundred six OPS, two eighty-two BABIP, three twelve wOBA, and a one hundred three WRC plus. Now the Giants' numbers at Dodger Stadium this year offensively are nothing great, right? Just a 508 OPS and a 49 weighted runs created plus. You want to be at 100 or better. Granted, they've only played two games there. They lost one of them three to one and the other nine to one. So no, offense was not uh, coming in abundance for the Giants. Could change tonight against Mitch White, uh, potentially. That's the thing. I mean, you got Rodan who's been amazing. White, who clearly is vulnerable, the Giants probably have the upper hand. Because the Dodgers, well, they're good against lefties at home, but they're not anything great. They got a 716 OPS, a 107 WRC+, 313 Woba, and a 288 Babbitt. It's good numbers, but in comparison to how other teams are hitting against Southpaws, it's not the best. So again, it's still doable for the Giants to overcome the Dodgers. But the Giants' bullpen is a little bit sketchy. They got a 419 ERA and a 138 WIP. So not the most reliable bullpen, whereas the Dodgers, eh, they got a great bullpen. 3.26 ERA and a 110 whip. So where does this take us? I, we've told you the market likes the Giants. Our guy Josh Applebaum likes the Giants. It seems like I'm leaning towards the Giants, and I am. I would bet them before I bet the Dodgers. But the bullpen of the San Francisco Giants not being that great, and you factor that in with just having to give the Dodgers dominant offense more opportunities, it doesn't make me want to bet the Giants for the full game. Instead, I would opt into a first five look, right? So you could hopefully just trust the starting pitching to which the advantage should be with the Giants and Carlos Rodon. I didn't ultimately end up betting that though because the number was already hit down and at best I could have got even money where I was looking for more at about plus 110 or better. And maybe Mitch White does end up having a pretty decent performance and the Dodgers are at least able to get Rodon vulnerable enough. But I think maybe, just maybe the safer option here would be expecting a lower scoring game. Now, when I'm betting totals under, I don't like to do full games because you can get screwed by the bullpens being bad. You can get screwed by the extra innings with the runner starting on second. And I would have done it if it was at 8.5, but by the time I saw it, it was at 8, and now it's down to 7.5, so no thank you there. But once again, we could opt into the first five. The bats could be a little bit slow coming out of the All-Star break. I feel like the pitching would have the upper hand first before the batting would. Maybe some of these players are a little bit lackadaisical coming from All-Star weekend or on their vacations, whatever they were doing. And look, four out of the five, first five stayed under four runs along with both of Rodon's starts when these teams have played. They played five games. Four out of the five have stayed under four runs in the first five. And both of the times Rodon has started, it has stayed under four runs in the first five. So that's the route I'm going to end up taking here. I'm hoping that Mitch White doesn't just get blown up, right? The Giants haven't hit great at Dodger Stadium. And again, maybe these hitters take a while to get acclimated. Four and a half is where that opened, and then it moved to four. But I like the price of under four at even money. I know I didn't like it for the money line, but I have a little bit more faith in the first five under four, and I like that it's at even money because a lot of books were getting up to minus 115 but you factor in what Rodon's able to do and what he has done, and you're just hoping that Mitch White does not get beat up and he can get you going pretty deep, I think we'll have a good angle for the first five under four runs at even money. So that's gonna be my official play tonight. A strong lean to the Giants on the first five money line, but again, ultimately the official Danny's Dimes. First five innings under four runs at even money. So that's what I'm rocking with tonight. Uh, really quick, just a brief preview. Game two of the Tigers in the A's game. I think the Tigers were winning the first game. Uh, they were up 7-2 or something like that when I was looking at the big screen here at the Bet River Sportsbook. But the odds have the A's with Montas, it looks like, taking the bump. They're up to minus 165 tonight. Garrett Hill has only seen 11 innings of action. He has the Tigers at plus 140 right around there. Short total at 7. Four game losing streak Detroit had coming into the break. The A's coming into the second half, actually winning their last three out of five games. If there's a time to bet the Oakland A's, it's probably going to be when Frankie Montas is pitching. He's been great. And more so, it's going to be when you're going against a team just as poor as you, being the Detroit Tigers. I'm not advocating for you to lay minus a buck 65, but hey, if you want to get invested in the A's somehow, if that's the side you're looking at, perhaps you can look at the run line for them to cover a run in the hook. Plus 143 is the price you're seeing. So maybe that could be an angle to look at. If you want to get involved with maybe not as much of an exciting game, doesn't mean there still can't be a betting opportunity, though. And again, plus 143 for the A's on the run line could be your look. But just to recap briefly before we head out our official play, first five under four runs at even money for the late-night game with the Giants and the Dodgers. We've got more baseball action coming tomorrow. Can't wait to cover that with all of you, and can't wait to get into a deeper preview for the AFC South. I know we didn't spend any time on it tonight, We talked about the Colts yesterday, but let's look at the Titans, let's look at the Jags, and then the Texans tomorrow for another edition of Rush Hour, and then we'll include that with plenty more baseball, and you know we'll keep going on with more of a college football preview. And we got UFC Fight Night. Yeah, how about we get some bets going for that that we can look forward to this Saturday. So until tomorrow, folks, best of luck with all your plays. Thank you for tuning in, and take care. work.